Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. On April 12th, we have in the northern region of Utah a RAC meeting coming up, and it's the Regional Advisory Council, and that's where a bunch of stakeholders get together and they decide on uh, information that's being put out by the division on whether they want to change uh, whether it's permits or how things are being hunted or fishing or just any wildlife concerns. That's where the Division of Wildlife presents their information. Then the Regional Advisory Council then puts a motion forth whether they want to increase tags, decrease tags, or whatever, and they usually listen to the what the Utah Division of Wildlife is um, suggesting the change should be made, and then they uh, listen to that, and then they listen to a bunch of stakeholders and non-consumptives and everybody who wants to be involved because they are public wildlife, and then they make a recommendation. So for April 12th coming up, we have the... This one's kind of fun. For the agenda, this uh, this one coming up, this is when all the elk permit, antelope permits, the antlerless permits are coming up. You've got your deer permits being recommendations once in a lifetime. These are all, I mean, they're not really, there's not conflict, but it's, it's really interesting to see how that process goes. Some people get mad. Some people want a reduction in tags. Some people want an increase in tags. And so I thought today... Um, that I would just talk a little bit about some of the things that, I guess, uh, wildlife managers, biologists, and those are looking in when they're trying to manage a population. And it doesn't matter uh, what you're looking at. It just, there's a bunch of different things that they're all taking into, running it through algorithms based upon population. And there's a bunch of factors that have to go into play. And so I thought we would talk today a little bit about some of those things. We're not necessarily going to talk about numbers. Um, it would be easier if I had uh, a computer or a whiteboard or something where I can write these numbers down. But what I thought I would talk about are the different things that go into population management for mule deer, elk, pronghorn, those different things. So I've created a list of what we're going to talk about. First one is habitat loss and fragmentation. Each year as more land gets developed and more land becomes fragmented, it is no longer considered elk habitat. Now you can cover the entire state of Utah and say that's elk habitat, but ultimately that's not true because they're not going to live in the Great Salt Lake. They're obviously not going to live in Salt Lake itself or Ogden or Logan, some of these bigger towns. And so you have to remove that habitat loss because it's no longer there. As more cabins are being built up in the mountains, you're losing habitat there. As more water is being pulled for different reasons, whether it's building down in the Salt Lake Valley or we're sending more water to California across Nevada, you've got to take all that into into uh, account. So habitat loss and fragment fragmentation. Elk require a large area. They're big animals. They need habitat for both feeding, cover, as well as migration. They need to be able to move because they're large animals. They move constantly. So habitat loss and fragmentation due to human development and land use changes the way these animals can use the landscape around them. The more 
uh, we cut it up and divide it and section it off for developments and ag and building and housing, the more it negatively impacts them. So when they're running their population models, they have to take into account habitat loss and fragmentation. Another one they're looking at is if you have an area that comes in with uh, human-wildlife conflicts, if you've got a lot of elk, there was an area that I worked in that was a limited entry unit and it bordered um, some ag ground and we were always constantly having problems. And so you got to take that into account because they're coming into ag, they're coming into these urban areas and conflicts can arise. We saw as elk are moving onto the freeway. Now this is just a one-time deal because of the storm. But if you're going to have elk continuing year after year to come back to the freeway and cause these safety concerns that everybody's worried about, then obviously you're going to have to change your hunt structure around because you're going to want to drive those animals away from the freeway. So you're going to use permits and tags and seasons to try and drive those animals to a different location. Then you're looking at predation. Now Utah on an elk population doesn't have as much issues as states like Montana Wyoming, Idaho that have wolves. There is some predation going on quite a bit with cougars, but we don't have near the predation issues that we would with bears and wolves. But you've got to take that into account. So on your deer population, if they're being negatively affected by predators, obviously you can't increase the permits for hunting. So you have to look at how much is being is being caused by predation, how much loss and do you need to increase uh, permits on the predators to help reduce in those areas? That's currently what Utah finds themselves in. Most of Utah, because of the dwindling population of mule deer, find themselves under predator management, which means that they have to reduce a lot of the predators to help the mule deer grow, which puts us in conflict with people who want more predators. So you've got to take that into account. For elk, we're, we're not really in herding. Um, but mule deer and others, maybe we are. Disease management. Uh, some of the concerns that we currently don't have but we're watching for because the state of Utah knows it's on its way is disease management. And that's CWD. Uh, that's spreading amongst the mule deer here. Haven't found it in elk yet, at least that I know of. And then you have brucellosis. It's not here yet. And again, it's been found in Idaho. It's been found in Wyoming. We're doing a lot of testing here, but it currently hasn't been found. And then you start getting into the meat of population management. You're going to start looking at the dynamics of a population. Now we're not, you can look at the state overall, but most of these are limited to smaller areas and because it's easier to control populations in smaller areas. They're going to look at factors like reproduction, mortality, and dispersal. So reproduction, if, if reproduction is really high here in the north, but, but calf mortality is high, then obviously you're going to have some issues there. And then mortality overall, you got to look at the mortality, not just of the calves, but you're looking at the yearlings as well as the adults. And then you've got to see where they're dispersing to. One of the challenges that Brad Hunt talked about is they're dispersing into areas that have a lot of disease. And so we're just waiting for it to come back on us. But you got to look at these areas of dispersal. And as these elk are dispersing into areas, are there any 
habitat loss or fragmentation that's going to go and cut them off. So maybe the majority of your population uh, in the Uintas is migrating north down out of the Uintas into the lowlands in Wyoming. And then all of a sudden they build another freeway and cut those animals off. And now you lose quite a bit of your population. And so you've got to look at where they're dispersing, how dispersal can be a factor and what those issues might present. Then you're going to look at your, uh, the, the way the dynamics lay out. How's your bull to cow ratios? Are you high on your bulls? Do you want a few less? You know, what, what are you managing for? Calf survival rates, are they, are they down? Do you have quite a few predators? Did you have a hard winter? Do you have not enough feed? Are the calves low in birth weight when they're being born? All these things need to be played into or looked into. So when you're looking at calf survival rates and the calf survival rates are dropping and you start running your tests and you start catching these calves after they've been dropped and you're finding out the calves are light in weight, and then you got to start looking back at your habitat is that a habitat issue? Is it a bad winter? Is there disease that's going on? Also parasites, that's another one. And then you have to look at whether your population is fragmented or isolated. There are some populations that have become fragmented and isolated due to habitat loss. You'll see that in more in states that have higher amount of development than others. They've become locked in and they've got freeways or subdivisions built all around them and they're having a more difficult time uh, moving around. So you're going to have to start looking at is this population so reduced in movement that we're going to have some gene issues later on and then that could cause some genetic problems for you. Climate change is also becoming one that we should be aware of as populations move and disperse and they're moving to the top of the mountain and now they're no longer getting that grass because it's getting hotter and hotter. They're going to have to find new territory and so climate change is going to affect where these animals migrate to, where they're moving to, where they're coming back to. Because maybe in the wintertime they moved to an area but now because of climate change it's warmer so they don't need to travel near as far and so that's also going to affect how these animals... So it's, it's always important to have that GPS data. Then, here comes one of the most controversial ones. Uh, stakeholder conflicts. Not everybody wants more bulls. Not everybody wants more cows. Not everybody wants more does. Not a, so you've got to take that into account. Everybody usually wants more bulls and bucks. But sometimes you get groups in there that want something else. You have the non-consumptives who maybe want less hunting and more wildlife in town. And so that creates problems. And so you've got to work with a whole bunch of different people, hunters, non-hunters, landowners, conservation organizations. And you've got to work with all of them together to, to create a plan to come up with managing these animals. And then... The one thing that's going to limit you from doing what you actually want to do is just money. I mean, we all have these grand theories of how to help these populations. Like it, one of the best ways that I could see uh, of helping a population, we had an elk coming into a field and the landowner was just constantly upset and there was just 50 to 100 head coming in every night and it just sucked, to be honest, to sit out in his field. 
night after night doing the same thing over and over again, knowing we weren't doing a bit of good. And what I wanted to do was really expensive. I wanted to go in and trap them all. The problem with trapping is you have to have a large facility to hold them. You have to have a lot of staff on hand and all these cost money. And so the more that it, the more I thought about it and the more I wanted to do it, the less it seemed viable because we just didn't have enough money. If we could capture 50 to 100 of these animals and truck them somewhere else, that'd be great, but you can't. You can trap them, but then you got to have staff on hand to feed them. And then you got to run a bunch of medical tests because now you're moving animals across state, so you don't want to transfer disease. And you just it just takes a lot of people. And so population management isn't easy. It is if you're just looking at numbers and say we have X number of cows and we need a lo to lower that number. That's easy, but when you take into account everything else, it just becomes challenging. So population management is complicated and easy at the same time. Hope this helps a little. Have a great day. Stay wild.